Birds, Patient and Public Engagement podcasts. Hello and thank you for joining us for part three of our osteoporosis mini-series. I'm Mel Brook, the Patient and Public Engagement Programme Director for BIRD. And in this podcast, I'm joined by Jackie Webb, who is a clinical nurse specialist in osteoporosis at the Royal National Hospital for Rheumatic Diseases in Bath. Jackie and I talk through the referral and treatment pathways for people with osteoporosis. Jackie also explains the Fracture Liaison Service, the Fracture Risk Assessment Tool and Bone Density Scans. Jackie also mentions some useful additional sources of information and links and these will be listed in the podcast text description box. Hello Jackie, thanks for being with us today and for being part of our osteoporosis mini-series. Oh, thank you for inviting me. Fantastic. So we're going to talk about referral pathways with you. So could I start by asking you to give our listeners an overview of the referral pathways for people with osteoporosis? Yes. So um, we get a lot of referrals to osteoporosis service and they can come from various different ways. Uh, I thought I'd start by talking about our uh, direct access uh, referral pathway, which mm-hmm. um, is where we get the majority of our referrals from. And these are generally from GPs, but can be from hospital consultants and doctors. And essentially, the GP, for example, can go on to ICE and refer electronically directly to a service. And this service is essentially where um, the patient comes and has a a bone density scan. And we send a report to the referrer. The main thing with this is that when they come and have a bone density scan, they fill out a questionnaire, which uh, asks about other risk factors which are important for your bone health. And then they have Mm -hmm. a bone density scan. And then... a report is sent directly to the GP. So the difference here, they don't actually see a clinician at all. Right. Um, And so this is for our less complex patients, I would say. The Mm -hmm. referral for these is set, there's a guideline for GPs to follow the patients that are suitable, that fit the criteria for a bone density scan. And there's lots and lots of different risk factors. (laughs) Um, It's quite a wide area. Um, for example, yeah. um, you know, if a patient has had an x-ray, for example, and it says that their bones look osteopenic, that might suggest mm-hmm. that they might need a bone density. Or if they have um, a chronic respiratory disease or say they've had a um, sort of they've got celiac disease or liver disease, anything that we know are considered risk factors for their bone health. Um, so mm-hmm. that's one of our referrals pathways. And although that mainly comes from GPs, we also got, get quite a few referrals that way from people, say, um, the gastroenterology team who have a patient who they're concerned about malabsorption problems, you know, so they come from, mm-hmm. a, or the breast care team, because certain medications could put your bone health at risk. So then the other way people can be referred is directly to the osteoporosis clinic. Right. So um, that's the osteoporosis clinic is where we actually see people face to face we uh they're referred again for various risk factors 
but they're usually the patients that maybe for one reason or another they're on treatment for their bones and it, and it hasn't been effective or they haven't been able mm -hmm. to tolerate the treatment they're having or our younger patients or maybe patients with more complex needs like with renal disease mm -hmm. um, so they've come to the osteoporosis clinic and that in that case they see a clinician face to face right so, and that way they do it electronically again via what we call our electronic referral system ERS mm -hmm. <clears throat> and then another pathway that we have is we also run the fracture liaison service and yeah. that is where patients we ourselves have identified they're people who've come into hospital because they've had a fracture because they've had a fracture and then we've either invited them in our cells for a scan and right. that's their age mm. dependent so if you're age being 50 and 75 we will invite you in for a scan the 75 yeah plus age group we will write to the gp and we'd either recommend treatment or ask them to consider referring them in for a scan so it's a slightly different pathway can i just go back yeah. to something you mentioned something called ice oh yes what, what is that that's just mm. a referral system so ice you can access blood results through and also um you can refer patients via this ice system and what it means is then our results go directly back through that system which means so when a when a gp is looking at bloods and they'll it'll also show bone density results so it means it's uh, it's okay. open to everybody to see really but it's alerted back to the gp right. refers so it, it's 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 quite a good way because it's an immediate as soon as we've reported on it it goes straight to the gp that way so we don't have to put in a letter a separate letter no okay that makes sense so it's kind of like it's um where all the exactly are. yes so exactly um so um that's essentially all our referral pathways you know um we sometimes do get letters from gps with queries about patients and um so we do still get a few paper letters but on the whole most things now are done electronically mm -hmm. did we mention the falls clinic oh yes yeah. so the falls clinic do refer quite a few patients to us and they usually do it by the ice system or, uh, okay. or that would make sense. a paper copy so they can do it right. there are a few areas that do it via a paper criteria form basically they tick a box when a patient fits but yes yeah. often the falls actually might come via the paper form but they usually come via to our direct access service so get treated the same as um you know, come in for a bone density scan, we don't generally see them in the clinic. Although sometimes we get a referral from a falls consultant who'll say, can you see this patient in clinic? Because I've identified that they're not taking the medication correctly and perhaps need a bit more advice. Right. Does that make so sense? There's lots of different referrals, isn't there? So, yeah, yeah so there's lots of different referral falls, pathways. Mm. Lots of dis different specialities, actually, yes. So falls, orthopaedics, a breast cancer team, um, like I said, gastroenterology, Respiratory, you get quite a lot of referrals because often their patients might be on steroids, which is another risk factor. So um, certain mm -hmm. medications can cause detrimental effects on your bone health. And so they might be having right. that alongside, say, for example, their breast cancer treatment. Uh, they might have a medication called an aromatase inhibitor therapy, which we know can have an impact on their bone health. So we see all of those patients for a bone density scan. So right. it does, okay. does you're quite right. Cover we cover quite a wide area of patients. Right. Okay. 
so what when they've had the referral what happens next so um so for our direct access service the gp will receive a report and the report will essentially uh include the, the results of their bone density scan um mm -hmm. there we identify what risk factors we've identified and we might we write mm -hmm. our recommendations of whether we think this patient requires treatment or not or extra blood tests mm -hmm. and then we also make a recommendation of when they should be followed up so um okay. and um like i said in the clinics obviously slightly differently that we we sort of do a clinic letter uh, after seeing the patients with our plan going mm -hmm. forward Right. So there's something called the fracture risk assessment tool. Yes. So could could you tell us how that works? Yes, and sort of, of course. Who, who uses yes. it and yeah, what it tells absolutely. us? Absolutely. So fracture risk assessment tool um, is a tool that is really was developed to be able to evaluate a patient's ten year probability of having a hip fracture and a major osteoporotic fracture. Uh, and when I say major mm -hmm. osteoporotic fracture. I'm talking about things such as a vertebral fracture, wrist fracture, hip fracture, all sort of humerus, humeral fracture, kind of quite typical osteoporotic type fractures. And it's basically, mm -hmm. it's based on individual patient models and it integrates ri the risks associated with clinical risk factors as well as a bone mineral density. So it's, it's using, right. um, and the great thing about it is, it can use in different ways. So it's it's an online tool. So the GP, for example, can um, go onto the FRAX website, call it FRAX, it's the Fracture Risk Assessment Tool, mm. shortened FRAX. Yep. Um, so they can go online and if they have a patient they're seeing and they're thinking, oh, I wonder, you know, and they're having, for example, they've, um, they're on steroids. Uh, they can go onto the tool and the tool basically asked sort of some details about the patient it'll ask the age the height the weight of the patient and that's to calculate a bmi and then right. it'll ask it's it's got certain points it asks whether they smoke whether they have a family history of hip fracture whether they're on steroids whether they've got rheumatoid arthritis mm. their alcohol intake and also um secondary osteoporosis which is um, disorders strongly associated with osteoporosis, such as um, um, premature menopause, chronic malnutrition, type 1 diabetes, chronic liver disease. So it's mm. the GP completes this form and then it calculates for the GP, kind of makes a recommendation based on what the GP's input. Okay, that makes sense. So it's, it's a, a tool that takes all of those risk factors into consideration. And then I, I'm guessing it gives a kind of a, a risk. Yes, it uh, does. Level. It. So it, when, when the GP does it, um, it comes out with either mm. sort of they're very low risk, this patient is very low risk. And therefore, you don't need yeah. to do anything except for just lifestyle, general lifestyle advice. And then there's this, then it, mm -hmm. or it might say there's a medium risk. And the, in which case we think you should refer them for a bone density scan, which will help to yeah. you know, improve the estimation of risk. And then if they're in the red zone, which is high risk, it, they could treat this patient without even having a bone density scan. So that might be, right. say, for example, if you put an 85-year-old in who's had a, a fracture from a 
problem. And when yeah. I say a fracture, uh, I mean a fragility fracture, which is a or a low trauma fracture, which is a, a fracture that's occurred from a simple fall, so standing standing height or less, uh, not a fracture caused yeah. by a hit by a car or falling out of a tree or falling off a ladder. For an 85-year-old who's had one, a, a fracture, fragility fracture, they would probably be in the red zone, if you like. There'd be a high risk because yeah. we know age is a big risk factor for your bone health. So it, yeah. it would be reasonable for the GP to treat the patient without coming for a bone density scan. Okay, so if they're unsure, so the fracture risk tool is good if they if they just want to double yeah. check what they're thinking might Absolutely. be the problem. Um, probably the ones that are more obvious, they probably wouldn't even yeah, use absolutely. that. Absolutely. I mean, um, it's it it is uh, it's very useful because you know, as a GP, you're thinking, well, are they at risk or are they not at risk? You know, and it, it allows them to sort of have a bit more concrete idea. Oh, yes, this patient needs a bone density scan. And what happens yeah. when they come and have the bone density scan is that mm -hmm. we use the same tool. And it's actually integrated in our, our bone density scanner, which is really useful. About ooh, probably mm -hmm. about six years ago, it wasn't. We used to have to do it ourselves, but now it's actually integrated within in the bone density scan. So when they have the bone density scan, when the report comes out with their their T scores, which is a measure of their bone density, it also comes out with their risk of having a fracture in the next year, ten years. It gives an estimate. A probability and that's based on the measured bone right. density on that day the risk factors that we've put in that they've identified throughout by filling completing this questionnaire that we give them which incorporates mm -hmm. lots of risk factors and then it gives us this a percentage so so if if it comes out that in the next 10 years your risk of having a major osteoporotic fracture is of above 20 percent but as a clinician that that's our sort of a threshold for treatment um, right, and okay. if it, as a hip fracture, it's five percent. So we, it's it's a guideline. So we always use clinical judgment, mm. but it's it is very useful. Um, so if you have a bone density scan and your risk comes out at say five percent of a major osteoporotic mm -hmm. fracture in the next ten years, an estimated, then we'd say, oh, actually, yeah. you probably don't need treatment. Whereas it's twenty percent over, we'd say yes, we would recommend treatment. It doesn't account, so it doesn't include falls risk so it's it's not it it, it hasn't got falls in there. So as a clinician and somebody was falling a lot you would use your clinical judgment and probably think well their risk is probably a little bit higher than what the facts tool is telling us does that make sense okay it does make sense and i was just thinking for anyone who's not had a bone density scan it's a bit like yes yeah, so it, there is radiation but it's it's minimal. It's like mm -hmm. flying to what well, they say, flying to New York, or go going or going to Cornwall <laughs> okay. back radiation for a few days. So it's really minimal. So it's not as much as a chest X-ray. Yeah. But if somebody was pregnant, we wouldn't. We would hold off. And it focuses on yeah. On so it measures it, bone density, and that's the gold standard. Is measure the bone density in the four lumbar vertebrae, lumbar vertebrae one to four, and it also measures the bone density. Mm -hmm at your hip and the hip you get the total hip and you get the uh what we call the femoral neck the neck of the femur i don't know if you can imagine a hip it's that little bit that looks like a little neck of the hip so yeah. it measures three sides we can also measure a yeah. forearm on some of our patients uh but generally there that's the gold standard 
that's another limitation with the fax tool that it's always based on the femoral neck t-score and occasionally okay. again this is when clinical judgment comes in occasionally sometimes quite often the lumbar spine measurement might be a lot lower than the femoral neck t-score so you get a slight mm -hmm. difference so if you're thinking about where people you know their future factual risk and their lumbar spine t-score is much lower than their hip score then you would take that into account as well on deciding who you may be treating or not so it's a really good it's a really good tool because it gives you a better estimate of risk for fracture than just using the bmd alone because what we know is that a lot of people who have hip fractures if you measure the bone density it wouldn't necessarily be in the osteopotic range it might be in what we call the low bone mm -hmm. mass range and so really we'd if we just relied on the bone density measurement we might not be treating as many do you know what i mean we might be not assessing the risk as yes you might miss you might miss yeah. some people who are in the early i mean stage. again there's a yeah. caveat to okay. you know people have hip fractures you know generally we're going to be treating them almost you know regardless of their bmd in some sense does that make sense because it's quite a serious yeah. fracture and if it happens it, quite easily it's telling us something about their bone health so can you describe for us we were talking about fractures uh, the fracture liaison service yes so the fracture liaison service um basically we identify it for all patients who attend the RUH who have had a fragility fracture. Um, so our, hmm. um, our administrator basically looks up every single fracture clinic and identifies anybody who has had over, over this is only people over the age of 50 um, who okay. have had a fracture from a simple fall. And it's, that's right. really sort of key. So um, she looks through all the, the records and then she also looks through A&E virtual clinic records as well, because some people arrive, have a fracture, just come through A&E and maybe not go to the fracture clinic. She also gets sent all the uh, inpatient fracture patients, so patients who have been admitted for hip fracture. So she, the yeah. idea is, and I think we identify, oh, this keeps going up, oh, about two, two and a half thousand patients a year. A really important Why? new part to our service, relatively new part to our service, is that we, our service gets tagged by the radiologists to patients who have had vertebral fractures when they've attended for a CT scan. Say they've come for a CT scan investigating abdominal pain, for example, and Oh, and incidentally right, okay. on that report a vertebral fracture might be discovered so you're not looking for that and it might be an old fracture but vertebral fractures can yeah. you know a high risk of future fractures and and surprisingly some people you know they can happen spontaneous and people they can happen with people being unaware of them so um yeah. what we do so all anybody who who that happens the radiologist will tag us in and we will treat them the same as we would any other fracture with our vertebral fractures we write to the gps and make recommendations of either treatment or to refer them for a bone density scan and and that's a that's okay. a big proportion of our patients as well but like i said it's quite uh, quite a new service another, so another source another of, really of, important of, source and it was a yeah, really difficult referral. yeah referral. so essentially we want to it's a really preventing the second fracture we know if you've had one fracture your risk of having another one is greatly increased so we want to try and 
identify all the people who had their first fracture so we can hopefully assess them and you know if needed hip yeah. fracture can really affect your quality of life no. and mortality does that, that make sense, sense. <laughs> so the proportion of patients who after the fracture have been recommended treatment we have this we are part of a fracture liaison service database which is a national database and what it does it, it's basically the idea of it is to to monitor the standard of care being delivered to patients uh, nationally and it and by entering lots of details about the, you know about the patient's fractures whether they're treated whether they weren't treated it's the aim is to provide like lots of data to help to improve the care of people with osteoporosis and fragility fractures it's kind of it's sort mm -hmm. of to provide a sort of you, these reports go out every year to the hospitals and that information is meant to sort of um try and sort of help to progress um and allow the trust to focus on areas that they could see how they could benefit their patients um so one of the things of that service is we we also send out patients questionnaires four months after their fracture mm -hmm. saying oh, are you on any treatment mm. as a result of your fracture and the reason we do yeah. that is then once we have the questionnaire back some of these patients haven't been put on treatment and we may have thought they should be or, or should at least be considered for treatment and then if we got uh, or some patients were right back and they may be having side effects that maybe they haven't mentioned to the gp mm -hmm. so we use the question we write to the gp and say oh we've heard we sent this patient a questionnaire they're, they're either like they're tolerating their medication well or they're taking the medication but they did say that they're, they're suffering with nausea every time they take it it's or some patients mm. just haven't been prescribed anything and so we'd write to you to say you know it might be a clinical decision on their part absolutely accurate not to treat because they know the patients well uh but we just sort mm -hmm. of write and say well have you considered treatment if not you know maybe there's something that might be helpful does that make sense so it's really sort of trying to, to look after people's bone health as well as we can and we're like to have one because it's an, it's it's not nationwide you know there's a lot of places that just haven't got the resources to have them ours is a lot of is basically run by administrating another hospital it might you might have seven nurses who work on the fracture liaison service so it's resource dependent so you have to try and find a way Yes, thanks for that, Jackie. Okay. So if if we move on to talk about osteoporosis clinics, what can patients expect from an osteoporosis clinic? Yeah, so um, as a new patient to the osteoporosis clinic, you'll see one of our team, it'll either be the consultant, registrar, myself, like a clinical nurse specialist, and we take a full medical history from the patient. We're... Yep we talk about their bone most of them have had a bone density scan with us or we've just or, or it might be the time when mm -hmm. we decide to do one but generally they've had one we you know examine them particularly if they've had any vertebral fractures um we identify any risk factors they have that may be affecting their bone health and then we will consider what the best management of their bone health is and that might be people who just can't get on with the tablets or uh, they're contraindicated to have the tablets if they've got a problem with their esophagus for example or they've had a gastric ulcer then the, our tab the tablet we give to reduce your fracture risk might cause problems or could cause problems so in those patients we might consider them for an inf once a year infusion 
called zoledronic acid or mm-hmm. a six monthly denosumab injection. And that is all done to our infusion clinic, which is another sort of part of our service. Um, and we've, right. um, and we also, we do this time when we often do a lot of bloods, although we often recommend bloods, even though I direct access service, but we might do bloods to try and identify, is there anything else that could be having an effect on the bone health that we're not sure of? So for example, sometimes we've, you know, we discover people have got celiac disease. They didn't know they had it. <laughs> But yeah. by doing a, if their bone yeah. density is quite low for their age, we might we'll do these blood tests, and one of the things it might potentially might show is like celiac disease, and that's something that might mm-hmm. sometimes people don't even know they've got it. And um, but by changing their diet, it, that can have an Im- impact on your bone health. But, but there's lots of different like vitamin yeah. D we check, their calcium levels, lots of different things yes. really to make a sort of considered um, Mm. recommendation about what the best way is to manage their bone health. It all sounds so thorough, I think, all of this cross-checking and referencing is quite reassuring, really, that someone should be picked up if they have osteoporosis. That's our absolute goal, really. (laughs) Yes, it is, because, you know, um, yes, it's really trying to find as many the best way. And and I think because, certainly, our direct access service has been going a long time now, we you know, we do up to about 4,000 scans a year. And that's, that's for all, all yeah. our, all our services. So I think it was about two and a half thousand about I don't know, five years, you know, it's slowly increased. So which is a reflection that yeah, we, we are it's... catching more people. And with the osteoporosis yeah. clinic, is that how, how often do people attend it? So um, what we generally, so we'll say the new patient, we'll see them as a new patient. Now, we might not need to see them. We might be able to sort everything out in one, one, one session, if you like, one appointment. And then we might disguise them mm. and say, well, we don't need to see you again, but we'll do your bone density again in three years' time. Say, for example, majority mm. of them, though, they, they probably go on to, we want to sort of follow them up again. And it could be because they might start this new treatment with us in the infusion clinic. And we'll want to follow them up to see how they're getting on with that. We definitely follow up the people who are having any of the sort of medication treatments with us. And then other people we might have, you know, had the medication and on treat what we call treatment breaks. You know, we, we, we'll hold off treatment mm-hmm. for two or three years and then we'll review them again. So we might just hold on to those patients as well. So it's again, it's dependent on the patient and their own. It really set is. Of it's a very, we do have mm-hmm. a very individual approach because osteoporosis, it, you know, everybody's so different, you know, different ages, different risk factors, you know, yes. so nobody ever fits completely into a, a box, really, <laughs> if you see what I mean. So no, absolutely. it is very much an absolutely. individual approach. And so at the moment, Jackie, is, is everything running as well? Oh, We're in a very a funny sort of situation after well, the lockdown. Um, so since, um, you know, the restriction, the coronavirus, all the osteoporosis clinics are, have the inpatient, you know, the patient osteoporosis have, have stopped at the moment as uh, in a face to face way. But what we're doing is we're actually telephoning patients. So we're actually doing follow ups, mm-hmm. which actually I have always, I have for some time been doing a once a month telephone clinic for a particular portion of our patients. So we're doing telephone clinics, which actually has been really good, I think. Right. Your patients have been quite happy that they've been contacted and we can go through a lot of things, particularly the follow-ups. So we we know them, you know, we've got quite a lot of information about their bone health already and it's following up to see how they're getting on. We've done a lot of those. 
it can it can save a lot of time can't it sort of like traveling backwards and forwards and parking and when we started doing just this one telephone clinic a month just this really our patients who started the infusions because I have an advice line you know our patients know they can contact us if they have any problems anyway and so um Mm -hmm. we did this telephone clinic for the particularly for the patients following their first infusion and actually we ordered it to see what the patients thought afterwards and um, they all said they really liked it because it meant exactly as you said it means that you know they they were often the elder older population and like for them to come come all the way mm-hmm. to the hospital organized transport you know mm. uh, they they were all very very happy with that service so yeah 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 absolutely yeah so but obviously in some cases especially the new patients although we have done a few new patients on the telephone I think it's probably slightly better with new patients to be face to face I guess it's everything at the moment is a bit kind of like um essential yeah. non-essential isn't it and if it can wait a little bit longer hopefully yes, this exactly. doesn't go on too yeah, long hopefully. <laughs> so, um what, one of the other things and I guess this is on hold as well at the moment that I um I believe you run some pa- yes. patient education yes. sessions at the IUH for yeah we were due to have one in April actually so um yeah, so these, mm-hmm. the patient education sessions, uh, we invite everybody who's had a fracture, you know, fracture liaison service. We yep. also invite anybody who comes and has a bone density scan if they wish to come along to these free patient education sessions. And here at the IUH, they're, hold, they're mm-hmm. held in the postgrads medical centre, which um, is actually it's quite mm-hmm. a big room and there's teas and coffees and we get people who we haven't seen face to face so people have had a bone density scan via direct access service and got lots of questions they want to ask so they come along to that and basically talk about bone health talk about risk factors talk about fracs how we how we decide who to treat um and then to talk about treatments lifestyle risk factors and also sarah leg our physio comes and does a great session about physio and bone health which is yeah, a lot of people are really interested because that's something they can do themselves. Yeah, we've got Sarah Leg has done a has done a podcast with us as well. That's going to form part oh, of this brilliant. Yeah, this so is really good. So, so not too dissimilar to to the session that. Um, yeah, no, very like that. Uh, so, so it, it is really Fantastic. good. It's really good. Um, so hopefully we can get that back and up and running as soon as soon. We give out a, a leaflets that provided by the Royal Osteoporosis yeah. Society. They've got some great leaflets, but also they've got some great um, sort of links to their website, their helpline numbers and things like that. So yeah. um, we kind of give, give those, those to the patients as, who attend as well, um, hopefully. Brilliant. Which which kind of brings me on to the resources and links. I mean, the Royal Osteoporosis Society, they've got yeah. a great website. They've got um, advice on there. I was looking this morning, they've got advice on there for for people with OP during lockdown and they've got their oh, free helpline so they're a great brilliant. resource aren't yeah, they? Yeah can't speak highly enough of them actually because uh, we, we luckily because they're close by we do actually have quite a lot of contact with them um, so we know quite a few of the helpline yeah. nurses because they often come and sit in, in a, they, you know when they're learning and they've come and sat in our clinic so we have a lot of uh, communication with them and their leaflets are really good we know they're really up-to-date really evidence-based and they provide them they provide them for free, but they can be accessed on their website. And as you said, it's a really good website. It covers website. most things, I think. 
most questions people have. Okay, thanks, Jackie. There are the other um, like ARC, Artwise Research, they, they produce a, a, a booklet as well. I mean, when you look at the thing is on, you look online about bone health, there's actually so much out there. I think it'd just be good yeah. to put a couple of links and um, with the yeah, podcast description so we can come back to those, you can yeah, use email no, them. So thanks, Jackie. That was really lots of information. I'm sure it's going to come across as really interesting to our listeners. And we're very grateful for you taking some time oh. out this morning. Yeah, well, to, thank um, you. No, I mean, I, I've enjoyed it. Thank you. I hope I've covered <laughs> everything um, suitably. But But thank you for having me. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast and just a reminder that you can sign up to hear about more podcasts and all the patient engagement research opportunities that are upcoming by joining our mailing list. All you have to do is send an email to admin at birdbath.org.uk. The link is also in the text description of this podcast. also like to thank Health Watch Bath and North East Somerset for helping to fund this podcast. Time for a quick cuppa and a stretch. While you've got the kettle on, I'd like to just mention our new text and donate service that will help us to fund these podcasts. All you'd need to do is text BIRD to 70460 to donate £5. This costs £5 plus a standard rate message. Thanks for your support.